Welcome back to another episode of Champions of the West, my absolute favorite podcast episode of the year. It was taken away from us last year, so we are now in our first NCAA tournament podcast preview in two years. I am holding a physical bracket. I'm, I'm more of an online person, but there's something so sweet about holding a bracket. We're going to break down all 16 teams that we think are going to make the Sweet 16. Some we will definitely agree. Some we will vehemently disagree, but I am stoked that we have a bracket and we're ready to go. Sean, welcome back to the pod. How are we feeling about the tournament? How are you doing? How are you living? The hair and the beard look great. Talk to me. Living good. Feeling good. Um, haven't I've ramped up really quickly on my... Uh, my research for college basketball this year, thanks to Dylan Burkhart. Um, I, uh, I subscribed to CBB, uh, his college basketball guide, which I really shouldn't be telling you, Josh, because we have a side bet competition over the best uh, players to draft in the NCAA tournament. But I've ramped up really quickly. I got all the Ken Palm stats. I got the Dylan Burkhart edge. So I am, I'm team uh, UM Hoops and team CBB guide for, uh, for this I love that. Part of me feels like it's there's some strategy involved, and then part of me feels like you just got to figure out what team is not going to get upset and how not to get your to get beaten. Nick, as Sean's partner, how are you feeling about the tournament? How are you feeling about Michigan? What's what's the latest? You know, I think our we're on the same wavelength where we're ramping up at the same time, so um, I think we'll have a lot of similar thoughts, which will be good for our synergies uh, during draft day. Um, I think obviously it'll be a big 10 heavy cause that's where 90% of my college basketball has been watched this year. Um, but I didn't miss the cage show. You know, I, I know about him. I know about, about some guys out West as well. There's some late night, uh, late night pack 12 games. I've, I've woken up for from mid nap on a couch and watched the second half. So I'm sneaky in this, in this game. And this, this is a good uh, plug for that whole, that whole, uh, challenge that you put together, Josh, where it's a points challenge and, it's been awesome. Is this our fifth year? My my fifth year or fourth year doing it, I think. So it's a fun I think it's probably our fifth Yeah, probably our fifth year, but we missed it last year because there was no tournament. Um maybe yeah, something like that. Yeah, I can I mean just a quick explainer for the people, even though I'm sure there's a, a large Venn diagram of people that are participating and people that will be listening to this. Um it's an NCAA tournament player draft. So it's like a fantasy football draft as you would snake draft, 10 teams, six players each, just points. So you have to be a loser like me and watch all the games, think who's going to win, and then also what players are actually going to score the points on those teams. So it's a fun little thing that we do every year. Of course, we missed it last year, but we are stoked to bring it back this year. And uh, next week on the pod, I can I can provide some some updates to the scoring and how we're doing. Um, but let's jump in. Let's Let's not waste too much time. Um, if you're following at home and you're looking at a bracket, if you feel like doing one, we're starting with the South, then the Midwest, then the West and the East, which is kind of ironically named for having the entire tournament played within a 10 square mile radius. Um, but we're doing it anyway. Um, so at the top, the upper right corner, it's this Baylor's region. We've got Baylor, Hartford, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. Um, kind of funny because of the, of the three, bigger name programs. Baylor is definitely not the the blue blood that everyone thinks. When you think about college basketball, you think about North Carolina and Wisconsin, you don't think about Baylor. But Baylor is clearly the better team, has been the best team, you know, of the four of those for the last, you could say three or five years, whatever it's been. They've been on an incredible run with Scott Drew. Um, they've been in a little bit of a funk since coming back from their COVID pause. Um, and then the eight nine game, you've got Wisconsin and North Carolina uh, Carolina's not bad. I mean, I, I like a couple of their bigger players and Wisconsin. I feel like we talked about in this pod. I, I feel like one of the, the favorite recurring themes is that Wisconsin is just perennially overrated. And, and I think we definitely hit on that earlier in the year. And even with their six seniors, they've completely underwhelmed. Um, so Nick, I'll start with you. Which of those four do you see getting through? Do you see Baylor being challenged much or kind of cakewalkish to the, to the sweet 16? Yeah, I think the Baylor games chalk, um on um, when do they play friday um i don't know i think friday I, I should probably look i should probably know but that's yeah friday or saturday one of the two okay actually i think they're gonna be playing saturday because we'll probably play friday with gonzaga uh nope 
Baylor plays Friday with Wisconsin and Michigan is playing on Saturday. I love that you were close. You had you 50-50, but no, Baylor will be playing on on Friday with 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 Wisconsin and North Carolina. All right. Well, um yeah, I think Baylor wins that game pretty easily. I think their defense is really good um and that can get you through the first weekend alone. I think against yep. some of these teams seeds. Um so I think that's uh and then I actually think uh They'll move on to Sweet 16. Um, yeah. But I think we'll be playing two Big Ten teams in a row. Get to my Sweet 16 team later. Because I think. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think Wisconsin will push we'll through. North Carolina. Yeah, All right. I heard Jay Bielis say, like, these 26 year old men are just looking to play a team that's not from the Midwest. And they've yeah. been too familiar with these rosters, and the rosters got too familiar with them. And they're re- like, the, the big men there are actually decent in reverse and in. Uh, Potter and I think as long as I can keep UNC off the uh, the boards, they should I think win. I think UNC is pretty overrated. Fair enough, Sean. Anything anything different? If not, if we think kind of Baylor ho hum to Sweet Sixteen, we can jump to Purdue. And I I kind of have a question leading from from what Nick had. You know, did you have Wisconsin as well, Josh? Sorry. Oh, I I honestly I'm just looking at Sweet Sixteen. I didn't even look at North Carolina Wisconsin to be honest. Like. If we picked every single game, we'll be here forever. So I'm just, I'm just picking the, the I sweet that was sixteen. Like one that hit home for a no, I like it. Listening. I like it. I would pick North Carolina in that game. I think Wisconsin's completely checked out, and their seniors are ready to get off campus and be done. I think Wisconsin is finished. You think when they once they saw that the uh, hotel food, they nailed it? Yeah, except Hunter Dickinson was complaining about it too, which concerns me. It's tough to be a freshman in a diva. We don't need that. We don't need that. But Sean, anything different with Baylor, or you got Baylor kind of walking through? So Baylor is not playing very well, right? After their COVID lull. My question to you guys is, you know, from the stats, Nova also had a big COVID lull, but that was early enough in the season. Looks like they had a pretty good team and you know they the comps are pretty good does nova have a have a chance at sorry they're not playing until the elite eight so baylor is going into the sweet 16 no you're baylor's in the sweet 16 however we we, let's segue because sean well done the next four teams are villanova winthrop purdue and north texas so villanova um was playing extremely well. They were kind of hanging around that six through 10 range all year. And then at the end of the season, lost Colin Gillespie to an either MCL or ACL injury. He's done. And so Winthrop is kind of everyone's sexy, trendy 12, five pick. They've only lost once this year. People really like their coach, Kelsey. Um, and then below them, we've got Purdue playing. They won't be playing at Mackey, but Purdue since Indiana is not in the tournament and neither is Butler, Purdue will be playing the closest thing to a pseudo home game throughout the tournament, which is kind of interesting. And they're playing North Texas, um, who beat Western Kentucky uh, in the Conference USA Championship game. Purdue is the four, Villanova is the five. Um, um, Sean, I mean, we'll start with you here. Since you mentioned Villanova, I am not really sold on this team right now. I think they're kind of ripe. For an upset, they're still really good, but but this this that thing little little pod here kind of jumped out to me as to Nick's point, kind of a Big Ten uh, centric and and heavy possibility for Purdue to play two Big Ten teams in a row. What what do you think is going to happen there? I'm gonna I'm gonna I was gonna say toss up. I like I like Jay Wright obviously, and I've been have seen how they play, and Villanova's efficiency stats are really good, but. I think that what sided with me, Josh, is the home court advantage, which I think is is real. You know what I mean? Being in your home state um, certainly matters. They're obviously going to have more fans, despite it being twenty five percent capacity. I'm I'm saying Purdue to to go to the Sweet Sixteen and to for Baylor to see back to back Big Ten Big Ten teams. There you go. Be bounced. Though. Nick, you got you got anything different there? No, yeah, I kind of like it. I I am taking the sexy pick. Uh, in Winthrop for sure. Ooh, okay. I, I do have Purdue making it and playing uh, Baylor. Yeah, I I feel the same thing. Um, I mean, Purdue has Trevion Williams and um, Zach Eady. I mean, those are both enormous human beings. And Villanova traditionally does not have a big. And even if Villanova wins that game, they don't have a single guy who can match up with either one of those. And Winthrop 
doesn't either. That's that's just not their style. Um, so I I think to your guys' point, I think it's the size. I think Purdue playing at home. I think you know Nick, you mentioned a really good point about Big Ten teams not having to play against everybody else. To me, all year, you know, four of the best six, seven, or eight teams in the country, right? We're talking Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio State. Purdue has kind of always been five. Purdue could be really fucking good, and we actually just don't know because Purdue's just been playing against top 10 competition and losing only in those games. Like, there's a chance Purdue's awesome, and and Purdue has a ton of freshmen, and they're bringing a ton of guys back. So, I mean, we, we can talk about this next week, presumably if it's Purdue and Baylor, but I think if Purdue plays well in those first two games, they could absolutely be a trendy pick to knock off Baylor in the Sweet 16, especially depending on how Baylor looks too. So we'll see. Um, now I, it's getting I, I, oh, go ahead. With, I definitely dabbled with that myself. I like I, that. And then I look at the board and I'm like, oh, seven Big Ten teams. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of Big Ten teams. Um, let's Let's jump down to the next spot. Um, you've got Texas Tech, Utah State, Arkansas, and Colgate. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let Nick. I'll let you go first. Um, I love this Texas Tech team. Um, I think the fact that Chris Beard, you know, Chris Beard beat Michigan and made a run to the championship game. Um, I love Matt McClung. I feel like Matt McClung is like a street baller who just happens to be really good and like organized the NCAA basketball too. Um, Utah state is fine. I mean, they have a big guy, Kata, but I, I'm not sold on them. Um, Arkansas to me is kind of a, an interesting one. Cause they play in the sec. Um, they have Moses Moody. Who's one of the best pure scorers in the country, but you know, again, they're not beating up world world beaters throughout the season. And then Colgate is 14 and one and only played five total division one teams. I don't know if you guys were aware, but the Patriot League this year was scheduling weird round robin games to try to limit COVID and contact tracing. So Colgate, I think, finished like eighth or ninth or tenth in the net ranking, but played essentially nobody. Um, people thought that was kind of a trendy pick. Um, I'll start here just because I feel like it. Um, I like Texas Tech to make the Sweet 16 in this little pod. Um, I feel like they're probably underseeded as a six. I think they've been better than that all year, and I haven't seen enough from Arkansas. Um, and I, I love the fact that Chris Beard's kind of got that pedigree. But, Sean, where where are you? Do, do you like Colgate? Do you like Arkansas here? Who, who's your team to make it through? I actually, <clears throat> I actually agree with you, Josh. <clears throat> Texas Tech, I mean, maybe it's just recency bias with what they did last time we were – we're in the tournament, but, um, you know, Texas Tech is, is kind of surging a little bit at the right time. Matt McClung, Matt McClung, to your point, Josh, is one of those guys that's ball shot dominant player. And when you do that and you're shooting a lot of threes, swings happen, right? Upsets happen. So I'm with you, Josh. I'm taking Texas Tech to, uh, to, take, down Kansas, uh, to take down Arkansas. Nick? Yeah, I'm dirting that pot. So, unfortunately, we're three three on agreeing on our Sweet 16 so far. But I was going to say, yeah. I, I just don't know. I mean, we could all just be wrong about Arkansas. I mean, they do have uh, – who is their, their coach is the guy from Nevada, right? Musselman? Eric Musselman, yeah, the must bus. Yep. Must bus, yes, yes. Um, he seems like a pretty energetic guy. I'm sure his guys play hard for him. But like you said, I just haven't watched him enough. And I would say that Texas Tech looks – looked like they could hang with the better teams in the Big 12, like Baylor, yeah. like Oakland State, like West Virginia. So um, I think that says something. I agree. Um, and I think the two guys on Texas Tech to watch for that I love, they've got two, like, six seven, six eight guys, Santos Silva, transfer from VCU, and uh, McCuller. And those guys, you know, we'll see who they end up playing, but they could end up being really interesting pieces down the line because Ohio State, if they were to play Ohio State, and we'll get to that in a sec, doesn't have a big. I feel like in that region, you don't necessarily need a dominant big unless you're playing against Purdue. And I think Texas Tech, I mean, you know, they they could definitely make a run. So we'll see. Um, and then in the the last part of the South, we've got – also, I'm a little nervous that we're, we're all uh, three for three on those picks. I mean, something has to go wrong. Um on the, on the bottom half of the South, we've got Florida, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, and Oral Roberts. Um, you know, I think 
this is the Big Ten fallacy, and we obviously watch a ton of Big Ten basketball, but I think Ohio State, if they didn't play in the Big Ten, would have won a different conference. Like, I think Ohio State could have won the SEC and and maybe the Big East, depending on what happened with Villanova. I think they're absolutely monsters. Um, I don't really see them having too much trouble with Florida or Virginia Tech. Uh, Florida's kind of a crazy situation. Uh, our, our former guy, Colin Castleton, was playing pretty well there and, and kind of fell off a little bit, um, but he's their, their best kind of inside presence. Um, Virginia Tech, people, I, I don't know, they're fine. Um, Mike Young brought over his, his best player is probably his transfer from Wofford, Keve Aluma, um, a big, but you know, they don't really strike me. And I think if Ohio state can get Kyle Young back and fully healthy, and that's obviously the big question because they're a different team with him. Um, he was incredible in that first half, um, when they lost, but, um, no, sorry. When they, when they won and they won the, the big 10 semifinal, um, I mean, I think that they're legitimately good enough potentially to win the national championship, depending on who they have and, and what their pieces are. Um, Nick, I feel like this region kind of kind of writes itself, but do you have any any disagreements with Ohio State in the Sweet 16 here? No, I think Ohio State, like you said, really, unfortunately, very good. Yeah. I don't see them lose, but I think they are very good. Um, they, have great, they have great guard play. They have great post play. Um, play really good defense for the most part. Um, yeah, Ohio State to roll. There you go. Sean? Ohio State, I think mean, EJ Liddell is the real deal. I mean, that dude doesn't miss very often. Um, I like him, and then I like uh, I like Florida to win. I will there say, I think they win these two games, but if they get in a close game, don't bet on Ohio State. Interesting. They but see, they look bad in close games. However, they win they figure it out and they win a lot of those. I mean, obviously we had the justice suing play against Michigan that we all remember, but you know, they, they did, they did nearly uh, choke the game away against Michigan. They managed to pull that out. Um, but uh, look, we'll, we'll get into this next week. As I said, I think Ohio state's is really, really good and has a shot to, to make some real legitimate noise. Um, let's go to the Midwest. We've, yeah, let's, let's go to Illinois. Um, I just want to ask you guys, I feel like there's been a huge amount of hype around Illinois. There's obviously been a huge amount of shit talking on Twitter between Illinois fans and Michigan fans and just kind of a whole fanfare beyond what's going on on the court. Um, People are kind of anointing Illinois as 1A, 1B to Gonzaga right now. Uh, Nick, is that fair? Do you think Illinois is legitimately good enough to make it to the Monday and and potentially win the national championship? Yeah, that'll be the biggest thing that probably hurts them um is that i feel like they played really really bad at the beginning of the year when everyone thought they were going to be really good and they kind of worked their way back with a chip on their shoulder and that's kind of how brad underwood coaches and loves to coach his team with some you know uh what do they call it like uh bulletin board chutzpah i love when the non-jew goes with chutzpah and nick goes with the bulletin board material this is this is why we do this Yes. Wow. That's great. I Um, love it. And yeah, I think that the biggest thing that would hurt them is feeling like they are the best team in the country. So um, I think they can easily make it to the Sweet 16. I think if Loyola Chicago will give them a game for a little, but um, yeah, I think that Illinois moves on rather easily and has a really tough matchup. Sean, I have one question for you about Illinois. I was kind of wondering this. You've got Kofi and you've got Io, who are two of the best players in the country. At some point in some game, you're going to need a third banana to step up and be the guy either if they get in foul trouble or if teams particularly key on Illinois. To me, it feels like guys three through seven are all kind of level in that regard, but they don't really have number three. Who is guy number three? And then the fo- like a follow-up to that is, do they need guy number three to be evident? Or can they kind of just ride it out with having a bunch of guys that are level and and not having one guy that can step up to the next level? Good question. I think they can have, they can ride on the, their top two dudes probably until Houston, I would say. I mean, maybe if, Oklahoma State gives them a big run, um, maybe there. And I think if, if that's the case, if there's someone that needs to step up, 
you have two options, I think. It's Andre Curbelo or Trent Frazier. Both of those guys. I mean, Trent Frazier is what, a fifth year or something? Or He's, he's definitely a senior, yeah. I think it's Curbelo. Yeah, I think it's the freshman. I think he's gonna get to the, he can get to the rack whenever he wants. He, like, I mean, I we am. saw firsthand in Ann Arbor that he was ridiculous. He was unbelievable in that game. The more he gets to the rack, the more he can shoot the ball. He's really good. Yeah, he's really, really good. What's the guy off the bench? Curbelo is the guy off the bench. Oh, Bishanishvili, Nick, we're gonna have to work on that name. You and you and Georgie B got a similar looking beard going. You guys got that handsome beard. I like it. I like it a lot. Question for you, Nicky. He had a double in the championship the other day, didn't he? Georgie Georgie was balling, man. He they went to him for twelve straight points. He was he was doing his thing. Yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive for like the eighth or ninth guy on your roster. Yeah. Yeah. Curbelo and Giannis Yuli basically have the same number of attempts at the rim. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Curbelo is essentially tied with Giannis Yuli for third most attempts at the rim, besides Coburn and Dunsumi. All right, so Nick was right. Was Nick was right. Nick was right. We knew that. We knew Nick was right. Um, the only thing that I will mention, um, Loyola's back in the tournament. Loyola has like their big guy, Cameron Crutwig, who almost beat Michigan in the Final Four. The three of us almost had a conniption during that game. Um, and then Georgia Tech's point guard is Jose Alvarado, who I don't know if you guys watched any of the ACC tournament, but was absolutely balling. Um, felt like two teams that if they were seated a little bit higher, a little bit lower, and not having to play Illinois, like could have legitimately made a run. Um, Loyola has, per Ken Palm, the best defense in the country. So it won't exactly be a slouch in game two. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting because my guess is after the first weekend, Illinois will struggle with one of those two teams and win by less than they're expected to. And all the talk will be that Illinois isn't good enough to win a national championship. Nick, to your point, bulletin board material. The bulletin board material comes back. We're not good enough. Nobody believes in us. And then Illinois is back on their way. And then Brad gets his hoot spot. Yeah, Brad gets his chutzpah. Oh, that fucking Brad Underwood. I could, ugh, I could stuff him in a locker. Anyway, uh, let's let's jump down. Hmm. Same with their athletic director. Yeah, I don't, Illinois is not my favorite program right now. I, I just they should just be coached football by Lovey Smith's beard. That'd be good Lovie, enough for me. Are we on the K train? Are we on the K train? That's that's the question. I think yes. So I think. I don't think Oregon State's very good. I, I don't know how. I'm just looking at the teams. They'll, they'll play Tennessee. Tennessee came into the season with enormous expectations. Their best player supposed to be coming back was John Fulkerson. And then uh, they ended up relying more on two freshmen, uh, Jaden Springer and um, Keon, I think it's Keon Johnson. Um, you know, they their top five is extremely, extremely talented. The question is... Um, you know, will they put it together? The answer could be no. You know, it could be like a Wisconsin thing where they've got all this talent and they can't do it. Um, Oklahoma State is is interesting because they they have the best player in the tournament, but um, we, you know, what's the pedigree for Oklahoma State? And what is Cade going to look like in a, in a game where uh, you know he's guarded by Eves Ponds, who's one of the best defenders in the SEC? If they play Tennessee in the second round, and what happens if? I don't know if Trent Frazier is the right guy, but you put Demonte Williams on him in the Sweet 16. Like at some point, Cade is going to go against someone who is just as big, just as tough, and just as quick as him. And and what's going to happen? Is he going to defer to his teammates and get other guys involved, or is he going to try to push too much? As of now, I'm going to take the most talented player in that pod to make the Sweet 16. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, but Sean. I'm not feeling super confident about that. Are you? Do, do you think? I mean, people are anointing them as a Final Four in that region already. I, I think people need to pump the brakes a bit on Oklahoma State. I mean, the best player certainly has a sort of that's the that's an easy pick, right? For a lot of these for a lot of these guys and, and gals who are pontificating about the tournament, where you just remember so often a player just taking over, and <clears throat> Kate does seem like the most likely one to do that. Um, you know, Tennessee has been one of those teams that they, they were like a one or two seed two years ago, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
They Admiral. when they had Grant Williams, they were yeah, and Jordan and Jordan Bowden and Jordan Bone. I mean, that was that was a hell that was a hell of a Tennessee Tennessee team for sure, absolutely. I'm gonna lose that with you josh watching them play uh virginia is it that's right i think it was virginia how many or purdue how many of those guys what are in the league one I mean, none almost none i think i think zero maybe eves ponds would be the only guy but I, but i don't think anybody else Jeez, i mean i'm taking oklahoma state man i don't think they're gonna be Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that nick anything different no no there you go I hope I have something different here. here. All right. So, so far we have picked the same six teams. That's we're off to a flying start. Um, okay. Very persuasive with how much shit, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I did my work. Um, this to me persuaded this. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, so don't let, don't let Josh, uh, Back to you. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just going to give an over a quick 10 second overview. You could tell me any one of these of three teams here could make the Sweet 16, and I would believe you. I don't have a fucking clue what's going to happen between Syracuse, San Diego State, and West Virginia. I, I really, really don't know. So, Sean, I, I'll, I'll segue that into what do you see happening? Oh, he's putting me on the spot. Yeah. Here. Well, Nick, Nick started. I'm just finishing it off. <laughs> I see West Virginia as a team that's right for an upset. I just don't really like the way they play. I think that it's it's a shtick and it wins in regular season. Um, but that full court, full court. They don't. They don't. They don't. There's no more press Virginia. No way. Yeah, they don't. They don't do that. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. No, they don't. I feel like I saw them. What last time I saw them this year, they were doing that shit. They may have been pressing in a game, but I definitely don't know if they're pressed Virginia like usual. Yeah, they, oh. don't, they don't have the players. I love it, though. Let's, you know what? In Sean's yeah. mind, they're pressed Virginia. When I, Sean sees them press in the first game, it's we're back. We're fucking back to press Virginia. We're going to revert back to what they're worried about. I feel like none of the, like all their possessions are ugly. I'm just not a big fan of the way they play. I don't know. I'm, I'm anti-West Virginia. Stuck in your head. I'm taking San Diego State over West Virginia. Okay, Nick. I like West Virginia, honestly. I really do. I think they're very good. Um, but I think so. I have them coming out of the top. Um, I think Syracuse does win, but then I think yeah, West Virginia is a pretty good team. Um, and I think Huggins is honestly a good coach, so um, I think he can easily get to the Sweet 16, and then from there we'll see. So, kind of a crazy year for West Virginia. They had their best inside player, Oscar Shibwe, transfer at some point during the middle of the year. And they got better, which is kind of crazy. Shibwe committed to Kentucky, but they actually somehow became a better team. Um, they ended up going more to Derek Culver inside. And maybe the biggest difference maker in this pod is Deuce McBride, who's their guard, who can just shoot the shit out of the ball. He can get to the hoop. He's really just an awesome, dynamic guard. I think, you know, we, we've been talking about this and we're still talking about it. He is the best player in this mini pod. Um, you know, on his day, maybe Buddy Beheim could go for 30 like he did in the ACC tournament and Syracuse can bring it in with a shout. Um, but I just think West Virginia's defense and, and ultimately, if they do play Syracuse, it'll come down to shooting. Is, can they shoot better than Syracuse? My answer is yes. Um, I'm with you. I like West Virginia coming through. So, so Nick and I are are seven for seven, and then uh, Sean is going with Syracuse. Sean, is that who you're going with here? San Diego San, State. Oh, San Diego State. Okay. Sean is going with the Aztecs out west with Jordan Shackle. I like that. Do you know Jordan Shackle, Sean? You'll get <laughs> you'll get used to him, man. It's the guy you're going to be rooting for. You better you better put your money where your mouth is with Jordan Shackle. I love Thank it. You. I'll start up. Sleeper pick. I love it. I think Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to talk about this, but Nick, I'm giving you the floor because I I'm torn. I want to pick Rutgers. Tell the people for who don't watch a lot of Big Ten basketball why Rutgers is the pick here. I think Rutgers plays a style of basketball that's fitting for like the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, where like they're gonna grind you down, and like unless you are a team like Michigan or like. Illinois, like they beat Illinois, like uh, like uh, like unless you're going to be able to come back by shooting like a bunch of threes and like crawling back, like they can stomp on you pretty early. 
like they're they're good. They have and if they don't get in foul trouble, so they have some guys that get in foul trouble a lot. But like Geo Baker, I would say arguably is probably one of the better guards in the whole tournament um, in terms of like guy I'd want with the ball. Like he's hit so many crazy shots. I don't think they've ever beaten Michigan, but no. he's hit so many shots where you're just like, wow, this guy's really good. Like I'll caveat, I'll caveat with one thing with Geo Baker. Geo Baker can absolutely win you one or two NCAA tournament games. He can also unequivocally lose you the seven ten game as well. There right, you know what I mean? Like Geo Geo Baker could shoot five for twenty two against Clemson and they could lose and that's possible. But I think your point is right. He has the ability to be one of the best guards in the entire region. And I think you're right. I think that gives him a shot. I also love, sorry for for jumping in for a sec. I love Miles Johnson as a rim presence. Um, I don't know how many 10 seeds. Jacob, whatever. Jacob Um, Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude is like, he's a scary, like, good look, like, like you know what I mean? Like he's a good guy to have on your team. He's a yep. guy that like you're like, oh damn, like this guy's gonna be guarding me for forty minutes like this. Like, that's not fun. I agree. I agree. So to me, right, between Johnson and Baker and Young, you've got three of the better players that you're likely to see on a ten seed, which which makes mm-hmm. a difference. You know what? I was really torn on this. I wrote in my bracket Rutger with two exclamation points because I really wanted to do it, and you've convinced me. I'm all in. Rutgers is making the Sweet 16. Yeah, I don't know I, enough about Houston. Everyone loves how they're so good and like a pretty decent conference in the AAC, but it's like, are they? like? I feel like they never get over the hump. Did they make the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 two years ago? Maybe, but Sam, is it Samson, their coach? Yep. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet, and I think Rutgers, their coach... Like Rutgers or Steve Peichel. Yeah, I like I like the way he coaches. I feel like he's got the guys that can play for him, and I feel like that'll carry him through at least. There you go, Sean. Are you are you drinking the the Jersey Juice or are, are you off Rutgers Mania here? Jersey Juice, baby. This wow. Is big, wow. Big I think we I think we play just like a fundamental like it's game of basketball that I that is that is missed in a lot of in a lot of. Uh, Leagues, right? Like LSU. You don't see an LSU in the Big Ten. No. Right? You don't see a bunch of me, me, me guys in the Big Ten. That's not that's not the players that you attract. No, you also don't have Will Wade in the Big Ten, but we can get into that when we get into the to the LSU pod. So I I think and then I like to beat Rutgers though, unfortunately. Houston's surging right now from Oh, you like Houston. I like Houston sorry, yes. I like Rutgers. To have you know the slight upset. So for those at home in the bottom right, we've got a little bit of chaos. Sean is going with West Virginia. Sorry, with San Diego State and Houston, and Nick and I are going with West Virginia and Rutgers. Nick, West Virginia, Rutgers. Oh my God, that would be a fucking rock fight. Uh, it would be like first to fifty-four. Jesus Christ, avert your eyes. Um, all right, let's let's jump to the number one overall seed, um, the team that most pundits predict will win the NCAA tournament uh for my Gonzaga Sweet 16 notes I wrote duh um Nick is it that easy that easy I don't I mean I yeah I don't right they're so good I don't know I'm I'm asking you I think so I think they're phenomenal but I I mean all I wrote was duh so this is a question to you minutes of them all year so Sean Sean, what what do you think? I'll I'll jump in in a sec. I'll let I'll let Sean take the floor and uh, if he has differing opinions on Gonzaga. Do not. No. I'll never watch Gonzaga until the tournament because I don't watch like the Maui Invitational when they play like Iowa and stuff. Like you're still in football season at that point. At that point, so like those games don't wear on me as much, and that's the only like competition because like what they play St. Mary's and then they like oh that was a tough grinder at St. Mary's. Now we get Loyola Marymount at home. Like, yep. Yep. You know I mean? It's true. I do. I do. By the yeah. way, I think that's the Houston fallacy too. You're playing yeah. Tulane and then you're playing Tulsa and you're like, well, who, what have you done for me lately? Who have you beaten? Yeah. Yeah. The one, the one thing I'll say about Gonzaga, um, they have, I mean, they have a top five, maybe top 10 big, I think they have the best shooter in the country and you could argue a top three point guard in the country with Cade and um, Io. 
And if you have those three guys, and and they, I love Ayai. I think Ayai is an absolute stud as the fourth guy. Um, and they, I think they really go six. They've got Nemhard and they've got Anton Watson, and those are their six. And if you can't get them in foul trouble, and the, those six can play thirty-ish minutes a game, you're fucked. Like there's just absolutely no way you're going to beat them. They shoot it too well. They defend it too well. I, I heard someone today say. If Gonzaga plays poorly, they score 85. If they're on their game, they score 105. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. And, you know, the, the thing about this region, and we'll get further down as we go, um, but I don't, they've beaten all the teams that I think are, are primed to potentially make a run. And, you know, Kansas has, has COVID issues in Iowa, who knows? And so anyway, so we're good with Gonzaga. Um, Nick, I want to let you start with this one. This is maybe the most unpredictable of the entire four pod. Um, legitimately, you could convince me any of these four teams will make the Sweet 16, and I would I would believe you. Like, I, there's not a single team in here that that doesn't do it for me. Um, I I'll, I'll let you go first because my yeah, pick I mean, is not is not down the middle. But what do you think out of these four for Creighton, UCSB, Virginia, and Ohio? I guess like barring anything in the next like 48 hours about COVID with Virginia, I have them playing and moving on. Um, I think they can do it on, on short rest. Um, and yeah, I think that Ohio has that good story from the kid that was like the high school kid that is like Mac player of the year. And I don't know how you play for a coach at Creighton right now. I feel like they're going through some internal things. So I'll just take Virginia and Tony Bennett and, We'll move on from there and let them lose by 30 Gonzaga, as everyone thinks. It, internal things is a nice way for saying they've got some really fucked up racist shit going on. So I'll say it. I'll I'll call yeah. a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Sean, where are you with this? How, how are they reinstated? That's what I'm saying. It's like clearly it's not thought of as like racist if like the players are clearly they thought it's like it's a misunderstanding if he's now reinstated, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um I hope that he wouldn't be reinstated. I mean, the sense I get is is Doug Doug Mc sorry Doug McDermott is is the best. No, not Doug. What is his fucking name? I'm blanking on his name. He's the best. Yeah. McDermott's the best coach they've ever had. Um, and I think they're Creighton. They're a small little school in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, without him, they don't end up in the Big East. Like they've continued this meteoric rise. I think he's done too much for the school to let him go. Um, they were kind of my sleeper dark horse final four pick about a month ago. And then all this shit came out and they started playing poorly and whatever. So I, I'm, I'm off Creighton, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really, it, it's, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. I don't see Creighton. I don't think the players are, I think there's a lot of shit going on with, you know, some players are on his side. Some players aren't. I don't think you can quickly like a team with that kind of dissension. Um, so I agree with you. Yeah. They're going to be bounced. Um, Sean, who's the Sweet 16 team here, though? Virginia. Sorry. Okay. And I am going to defy both of you. No Creighton, no UCSB, no Virginia. I like Ohio. I think Ohio is really, really good. They have the best score in this little mini pod here in Jason Preston um, to win the MAC tournament, they had to beat the number one and number two seed. The number one seed, if you'll recall, them playing against Michigan was Toledo. Uh, Toledo is pretty good. Toledo's a hell of a, Toledo is a hell of a ball club. Um, I feel like as far as thirteen seeds go, this sets up extremely well for Ohio to make it to lose to Gonzaga by thirty six points. Um, but that's my pick here. You know, you need one of these like dumb sweet 16, 11, 12, 13 seeds. And this is my pick. It, it, it feels only fitting that Gonzaga would get to play a 16, an eight or a nine and a 13 before getting to the elite eight. It, it is Gonzaga's year and we're all just living in it. So I'm going to go with Jason Preston in Ohio. Um, I can't wait until they lose in the first round of Virginia, but that's my pick. Um, all right, Nick, we got to talk about USC. Um, yeah. you, you, this is your Pac 12 after dark post nap update. You love USC. Nick's, Nick's a, a, a smoke brother and a Mobley brother. Um, they've got either Wichita State or Drake 
They've got Kansas or Eastern Washington in their potential pod. Um, I just want to bring up one quick USC stat, which is really fascinating to me. So Andy Enfield was the coach at Florida Gulf Coast for two full seasons, and he made the Sweet 16 in his second year. Andy Enfield, this is now his eighth season at USC, and he has never made it past the round of 32. This is his eighth season at a major program. He made it further in two years at Florida fucking Gulf Coast than USC. What are you doing? I know you have a model life and you live on the beach in California, but at some point, you got to have results in the tournament to to make it happen. So, Nick, I want to give you the floor. Is USC making the Sweet 16 here? And if they are, sell me on the Mobley Brothers. They are. They are. The, the Mobley Brothers will take them through. Um, those are the guys I do watch late at night. They, <laughs> games. Uh, they didn't look good against Colorado. Um, they came back and then kind of let it up, but they got in foul trouble a little bit. So as long as they don't get in foul trouble, I think they are the two best players in this, in the top part at least. And then we'll see, I guess, Kansas. I just never, I just don't like I, it's hard for me to pick Kansas. I don't know why. I feel like they're that team that always loves to just be in close games for no reason. Yep. And I hate Sean. So, <laughs> so I'm taking you. Up. <laughs> um, you know, I'm talking taking USC as well. And wow. The reason why is uh, Corbett, man, Corbett says that USC is favored to win by one point. Wow. Against against Kansas. Yeah. Love that. Sean is Sean is picking straight analytics and facts. Um I'm going with Kansas here. Bill Self's been in the tournament since like nineteen eighty four. The man just knows how to coach. Um his recent results haven't been as good. And I'm a bit worried for Kansas in the first game. They play without Jalen Wilson because of COVID protocol. Um, speaking of, we didn't even mention, speaking of Gonzaga's year, that Gonzaga got two teams, A, they've already beaten, and two teams that are also on the COVID protocol list. They got both Virginia and Kansas, who, who were both on the naughty list. So I have no idea how that happened. I feel like someone was looking out for them. Um, I think if Wilson comes back, which I expect him to for the second game. Um, I think David McCormick can give either Evan or I want to say Isaiah Mobley real trouble. Um, they've got a really good shooter on the outside and Christian Brown, who I really like. And I, I think, I think Kansas is, is good enough to make the sweet 16, um, where we'll, we'll talk about who they'll get. Um, but that's, that's my pick. So we've got Gonzaga at the top. Uh, I like Ohio and you two buffoons like Virginia, and then the two of you are picking USC, and I've got Kansas. So we got one more team to, to anoint to the Sweet 16 in the West. Um, we've got Oregon, VCU, Iowa, and Grand Canyon. Um, I admittedly haven't, haven't watched much of Oregon play. Um, there's no Shaka at VCU, so unfortunately I kind of discount them. Uh, Nick? Nick, Nick is telling me to wrap it up, which means this is Iowa's region, no problems. Iowa's going to score 200 points in the two games. Yeah, I think Iowa's too much for these teams, and I think Luca will score on these boys. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, I think it'll be pretty easy for Iowa. I think they're a pretty good team to most of the country. I like that. Sean? Agreed. That was easy. That was that was easy. as simple as it gets. Yeah, I, I, I quickly think – I think – Garza, Wieskamp, Bohannon. I think offensively they're good enough to make a Final Four. I don't know if they if they choose to play defense, they're one of the best teams in the country. If they don't, then it gets dicey. So we'll see. But I, I think they have enough to get through. Um, okay. We made it. It's 928 Eastern time, which means it's just in time for the Michigan-Montana game. And uh, we are we are good to go. We are we are getting to the Michigan region. Michigan is number one in the East. Um I, I let's let's take a step back first. Michigan finished the year twenty and four and had an absolutely inc- hold on to our fans. Thank you for making it an hour in. We're on Michigan. Oh yeah, we're on at we're forty five minutes in. I think you'll enjoy this though. We mostly we're mostly we're mostly just bullshitting around. I'll I'll put the place where to jump into Michigan. This is we fuck around. We have a good time doing this. Um 
Michigan went 20 and four and finished with the number one overall seed and won the Big Ten. Like in a normal year, this is incredible, right? I, I mean, this is ridiculous. But the concern is obviously Isaiah Livers and, and who knows what's going to happen. Um, they are going to play the winner of Mount St. Mary's, Texas Southern. And then the game that people are more concerned about is obviously the 8-9 game with LSU and St. Bonaventure. Um, Sean, this is a homer pod, so I know where you're going. But do you have any concern potentially about LSU or St. Bonaventure here? I would I would actually have less concern about LSU than I do Bonnie's. I agree. Um, I think I think a, play, a team like LSU matches up really good against the Big Ten, and Michigan did really well against that cohort. So I also think that people like understand how good Hunter Dickinson is, obviously because he's a second team All American, but haven't played him right and. Some of his waning uh, efficiency numbers, I think, were attributed to you know, seeing the guy a second time in two weeks, where people matching up against Dickinson for the first time, they're going to have issues. I also think they're going to have issues with Franz, right? I mean, we've seen how many times players underestimated his wingspan. He's gotten those deflections. He's gotten those other sort of um, those, those hustle plays. I think those two guys are going to be much harder to play in real life than they are to scout. Nick? Yeah, I think that, you know, as much as uh, people are going to be looking at Hunter, I think that Franz kind of has like a uh, vendetta out there right now for Liver. He's going to have a, you know, a bigger role, I think. He's going to get the ball more, and I think he kind of showed until he fouled out he was that guy for Michigan against Ohio State. So I kind of see him cruising and, and kind of rolling us through to uh, wherever we go next in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, my my quick, quick thing is against any of these, I guess, four teams, if you include the playing game, Michigan will have at least the two best players on the floor and maybe the three best players on the floor, depending on how Mike Smith is on that day. There's absolutely no reason for you to lose if that's the case. Simple, right? Let's, let's just call it. We've done that for other regions. Done for that. So we all like Michigan through. Um, this is where people start to get a little bit worried for Michigan, Colorado, Georgetown, Florida State, and UNCG. Um, Nick, do you have Florida State going through one? And two, are you concerned about a potential Sweet 16 matchup with Florida State in this in this region? That's yes and yes. yes two and head nods. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Colorado is a good team. They have good guard play. Um, but... I think they are not big enough for Florida State. I think they'll be. I think they'll handle Georgetown. To be honest, Georgetown won in a COVID or COVID, isn't it? Wasn't it COVID riddled Georgetown's game? No, Georgetown. Georgetown won the Beast tournament to get in. Yeah, Villanova lost. They they had to like they lost Gillespie and Syracuse had to drop out. Yeah, they basically like just COVID. They kind of caked walked. Yeah. yeah. By the yeah. way, George, uh, Colorado is pretty big. Colorado goes seven feet, and uh, their their second big guy, Batty, is six eight. Nick is pissed off. Their their power four, the guy who would be like the livers, they list him at six eight two sixty. He looks like he's had his milk and cookies. Let me tell you. Uh, so they, they interestingly, and, and you Florida continue State's on with Colorado. I know they're bigger. I know Florida State. They always are lanky. They have this like seven four dude, like Purdue yeah. always. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's like it's the Purdue of the ACC, I would say. Florida State. I like that, Sean. Where where are you with this? I like uh, I like Florida State um, a lot. Kind of, I think that they're a tough matchup. Like you know, these six eight, six nine dudes who are just athletic, and when it comes to crunch time, they play great D and dominate the glass, and you know that that helps. That helps getting offensive rebounds to kickouts to threes, right? That's how that's how you win games, and that's kind of the concern with with Florida State uh, and Michigan if we have that matchup. I know we're jumping again a little bit, but it is a Michigan pod, so I wanted to. No, it is. Know. It is. I don't think Michigan sees Florida State. I think it's Colorado. I think McKinley Wright's the best player in this pod. Yeah. Um, I think. As I mentioned before, sorry to, to cut Nick off, but I think Colorado's size is really apparent. Um, I think I think Colorado is good enough. I think Florida State's a bit fool's gold. I sent you guys this stat that Florida State has beaten one 
Q1 team away from home all season uh, to make the Sweet 16. I don't even know if UNCG would be considered Q1, but they'd have to be at least one, maybe two. Um, and I I don't know. I don't see it happening. I think Colorado is better. I think McKinley Wright will do just enough. Um, and I think Colorado will give them a lot more problems than people think. People are penciling in Florida State to the Elite Eight, which I don't see. So I'm going to pick Colorado here. Sean, we will circle back, but I want to go to the bottom first. Um, I want to say I'm very happy that Michigan did not end up on this half of the bracket because I think this is a fucking doozy for whoever makes it out to the Elite Eight from this half. This is a monster. Um, I agree. Texas is top 10 good. I think Alabama's top 10 good. I think Connecticut, if Book Knight's playing well, is a top 20 team in the country. Michigan State, by the way, who I feel like people were like, oh, good season. Congrats. Is that like could legitimately make the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight here? Maryland, by the way, we're talking Big Ten, could absolutely beat Connecticut and give Alabama all they want more if they put more sell on a couple of their guys. Um, A gauntlet. We are very lucky we only have to play one team if we make it to the Elite Eight from there. With that being said, Sean, between BYU, Michigan State, UCLA, Texas, and Abilene Christian, who makes it to the Sweet 16 from there? I have Texas. I mean, Big 12 was good. I think Shaka Smart is going to do for something. It seems like Texas has a nice mix of players that are that have that senior sort of leadership mentality. Don't they have that guy who was really sick who's back on the team? Andrew Jones, yeah, had cancer and recovered, and he's having an unbelievable season. He's our leading scorer this year. Greg Brown as that's well. All, that's all you got to say. Former Michigan, Greg Brown. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel like Michigan Nick always ends up being the bridesmaid for recruits that go to Texas. Just, just kind of happens that way. Uh, Nick, who do you like here? Yeah, I also like Texas. I do think that MSU will move on and give them a tough run. Um, but I think it's like that that type of deal where they like play really well against UCLA, play really well against BYU, and then just flop against Texas. Like that's kind of been MSU's pattern this year. Um, they win a couple games and then just flop like they did against Maryland. So I think that's kind of a similar pattern that's here. Similar. Come out flat against Texas. And I think, like we said, they can score really, really well and defend well. So I think they're tough, tough out Texas is. Yeah, I feel like people got really excited about Oklahoma State because of their run, but Texas beat them. Um, and Texas was really, really good. Um, they, I mean, they have three elite guards to me. You got Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, as Sean mentioned, Matt Coleman, and then they're now bringing Greg Brown off the bench. But Jericho Sims, who's a classic like Mo Bamba, um, I'm trying. Texas has one of those guys every year that just like is six eleven and makes the league and is just an absolute monster. It's just one of those guys who's a lottery pick. Um, I like them too. I, I think they're really good. I would be nervous to play them if we get to them, which I think is a legitimate possibility. Um, lastly, at the bottom, before we jump to Michigan, Connecticut, Maryland, Alabama, Iona. Old Rick Patino is still hanging around, fighting for the fighting gales out of New Rochelle, New York, baby. He, he did the damn thing. You've got Connecticut. You've got Maryland. You've got Alabama. Again, I don't know if any of these teams is going to cut down the nets. Pers- I mean, I, I don't see it, but kind of a funky region going on. Nick, who do you like coming out here? I like Maryland. I feel like they're Ooh. I'm taking Maryland. You're you're taking the turd. You're taking Mark Turgeon to make the Sweet 16. I love the tenacity. I think it's hilarious. So cute. Um, I don't know. I think that I I have no idea about Alabama. I think Connecticut's overhyped. I think there's going to be too much pressure on that kid to try and take a walk. This is the first time on our podcast that we've had one of our our get our hosts call another team cute. So I got to be honest, Nick is Nick's on to something here with the Sweet Sixteen uh, Maryland team. I love it. I love it. Give me give me more. Give me one guy on Maryland who's gonna give me the guy in Maryland who's gonna be the difference Ayala. maker in the X- Ayala. I think he is a very good player. Ayala, uh, I like I that. Ways when he has to. Uh, yep. And he was hurt earlier in the year, and you could tell there was a huge drop off when he wasn't playing for them. So I like that. Yeah, and they do have a good. They do have that good defender, player of the year, whatever his name. Marcel, yeah. So player of the year. <laughs> air quotes, listeners. Nick Nick is ripping air quotes right now. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I like them. I think they're kind of hard nosed team, and I think they can win two games in a row. There you go, Sean. 
I'm also picking Maryland. Wow. Guys, just so we're clear here, we've got 10-seeded Maryland and 10-seeded Rutgers who you have both in the Sweet 16. <laughs> I just I just want to like to tell the listeners, we're 55 minutes in and these two jabronis picked the most Big Ten homeristic shit I've ever heard in my life. I wish they would put you guys on some TV shows, man. You guys are awesome. All right, Sean, why Maryland for you? I, I agree with Nick on the – um, the turn like go on a night on a two to 19 run against Michigan on New Year's Eve. Yeah. We really were like, this is a sweet 16. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was what swung it for you. Oh, that's amazing. Um, no, I think they've been playing well. I, they've been playing well. I mean, they had a tough out, but they started the big 10 season up and they had that nice little resurgence halfway through. Um, and they have guys that are playmakers that have been there for a while. I think Ayala being one of them. Wiggins, isn't Wiggins still around? Yeah, Wiggins, Ayala, and Daryl Marcel are their big three right now for sure. Yeah, I, li- I like them. Um, Alabama seems more defensive-oriented. You know what I mean? I, I think if that's fine. Obviously, that, that works. But from a two-seed perspective, you know. He's not going to like Nate Oates. No, Turgeon and Nate Oates may go fist the cuffs at halftime, which I would yeah, love. That is like ultra, like emotional and screams and shit like that. Turgeon and Nate Oates are just a couple guys. Nate Oates will tell you he's macho. Turgeon won't, but will absolutely come at your throat. I, I was surprised he went after Jawan. That was kind of a, a bold move. So, two guys, two guys picking Maryland. People before this, like before the bracket, thought Connecticut had potential Final Four vibes, and you guys are having them out in the first round to Mark Turgeon. I love this. I'm completely. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to watch Connecticut, Maryland, and then potentially Maryland, Alabama, and just text you guys consistently because it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be really boring here and pick Alabama. Um, there's a reason they're a two seed. There's a reason they won the SEC. Um, I just don't know if Maryland is good enough shot for shot to stick with them for 40 minutes in that game. Their defense is great, um, but I think bizarrely, despite the fact that their um, their offensive profile is much lower than defense, I know it's not as fun as picking Darren Morsell and his fucking face dent as it is. Um, but that's that's my pick. I'm gonna go Alabama here. Um, so we've got our Sweet 16 um, in the last few minutes because I know we're absolutely over time. We're almost at an hour here, dear listener. Um, Sean, I'm gonna start with you. As of right now, we have Michigan in the Sweet 16. What's the ceiling for this team, and what's your realistic expectation? You can tell me with livers, without livers, or or just what you think is gonna happen. Ceiling is the national championship, I still think. The reason why Sorry, to to win the national championship. Yeah, that's still I still think that that is the ceiling. God, you you must be drinking you must be drinking whatever the fuck they they put in Steve Peichel's juice, man. There's some crazy shit going on there. All right. National championship. Go ahead. Remember what happened when Michigan played Gonzaga last year? Michigan was a better is a better team this year than they were last year. They killed Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. Worked them. So that's I, realistically, though, Josh, I don't know if we get out of the Sweet 16. Um, someone's going to have to play hot. I think Sean D. Brown, we know his game at this point. He's kind of a, a shot at 3 and D kind of guy. I mean, you know, he's a, he's kind of a scrappy dude on the board sometimes, but. Shondi, I don't think, is the guy that's going to take the leap. I mean, I think it's Hunter Dickinson that we really need to be a dominant player. Mo seems, or sorry, Franz seems to be shooting it a little bit better, which, you know, could be helpful. Eli's a little bit hanged up. Need Brandon Johns. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what Brandon Johns does. Nick, kind of expound on that, because I thought he was really good um, in the first half, I want to say, of the of the Maryland game, and then didn't play, and then didn't really play a huge amount in the Ohio State game, but I feel like he's a great matchup. What is it that you've seen with Johns or want to see from Johns that can be a difference maker going forward? I think he's playing like on a little unhinged now because he knows that he's not going to get the quick hook for Livers or for Franz or for like Davis or for Dickinson. Like there's so many guys that can take him out when he makes a mistake that he's always yep. like, oh, fuck, fuck. 
well, now we can't. Now we kind of got to play him 20, 25 minutes. So um, I think it's going to benefit us if he can get comfortable and can feel like they can let him do what he was doing against Ohio State. He was getting to the line every possession. If he can convert one or two of those and ones, we win the game. Like, yeah. He made every one of his free throws. Like, it's crazy. So um, I think he's the difference maker for us early to get settled because if he doesn't then it's tough because we don't have a go-to guy and we don't have that third option um or fourth option i would say like when things aren't going well for hunter you got to have a guy that can spread the defense out to make more room for hunter um and i think that helps us if he can get so what's the what's your realistic expectation and what's the ceiling he could be a final four team um, I think Gonzaga is a much better team this year than they were last year. It looks like um, just cohesively. So uh, I would say Michigan can definitely win the national championship. I think anything less than a elite eight, I would say if we're playing well, I think we should easily handle Florida state. So I'd say elite eight is like where I see us kind of, I would say a medium for us at this point. And I'm going to say, the realistic expectation for this team is the final four. And I think the ceiling is the final four. I look, I think Gonzaga is one of the best college basketball teams assembled. Their top six is one of the best college basketball teams assembled in the last 20 years. I I know that they played Mickey mouse, U out West out in California and whatever, but I think they are an absolute monster. Um, I think it's funny because a lot of people are jumping off the Michigan bandwagon because of livers. But if you look at the last three losses um, up until maybe like the last four minutes before all the shenanigans with Ohio state, Michigan played an Ohio state team that people are picking to make the final four as close as you can play them without livers. And granted Ohio state didn't have Kyle young. They lost to Illinois who people are picking to potentially win the national championship and lost to a desperate Michigan State team that needed to win at Breslin. Those are the three losses. It's not like Michigan went to Northwestern and lost by 24. I still think without Livers, Michigan is still a top six, top eight team in the country. Um, I think they will get Texas. This is my guess. And the Michigan-Texas game. Church was in session about five minutes ago. What did you say? I said the Michigan church was in session about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I think they will get Texas, and I think that'll be one of the best games of the tournament. And I think Michigan matches up well with Texas. I think that's a huge. If it gets there, it's a huge Brandon Johns game. To your point, just based on the size and length they have. But when you have Hunter Dickinson and you have Franz Wagner and you have Mike Smith, you are in every single game. There's just no reason you should never be in a game, and there's no reason that you should be losing to a team that's. 15, 20 spots below you on Ken Palm, regardless of Isaiah Livers or not. We've been saying, or we've discussed this. Isaiah Livers is the most replaceable starter. You've got Shondi, you've got Brandon Johns. You have to figure out how to win. I'm a little bit worried. I looked at a little bit of the the size of the guards. I'm a little bit worried about guys shooting over Mike Smith and Eli, but if, if they can play well enough defensively, there's not a single team in this region that even without Isaiah, I think Michigan can't beat. So, I think Michigan will make the Final Four, will play Gonzaga. I hope it's a close game, but I just do not see anybody right now except for maybe Illinois beating Gonzaga. So I'm going to put the ceiling and the realistic expectation both in the Final Four. All right. The realistic realistic expectation in the Final Four is a hot take, my man. You know what? I have watched enough of this team. Sean, what have I been doing this year? It's not like I've been like going to parties. It's not like I've been traveling the world. I've watched every single game. I've read the notes. I've analyzed the, the tape. I've done all of this. I know what this team is. And Hunter Dickinson is going to be a guy that Michigan needs to be a 15 to 20 point per game guy every single game because there's no Kofi, Luca, Jackson Davis, Liddell, what? Are you going with him at two in our draft? I'm not telling you who I'm paying. No. 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 Anyway, that's all I got. I mean, really Nick, you were you were mentioning you had a sleeper a sleeper player. Did did we talk about? I'm guessing. Did we talk about the team that said player was on? Did you did we get close enough to bringing it up? We did, but I think we hit it well. So. Ooh. That's a good tease. Well, I can't wait for the next pod next week to talk about all the shenanigans. 
Um, do you want to just quickly make, should we make everyone make final four picks before the tournament? And then we can, we can revise final four picks next week. Give me, give me your four, Nick. Give me your four, Sean. I'll make mine. We'll get out of here. Gonzaga, Michigan. Um, do I have in the bottom? Sorry. Make it out of my full screen. Do you like Illinois down there? Yeah, Illinois, of course. And uh, I don't think I had all four ones. Who's your two? There you go. Sean? I'll go from how we started. So Just pick your teams. Ohio State, Illinois, Texas, Gonzaga. Wow. And I'm going with Nick. I think the three Big Ten teams are three of the best four or five teams in the country. I think if it was the Baylor from January, there's no way this Ohio State team would beat them. The Baylor from... February and March gives me pause. I think Purdue could beat them. I'm going with that. I'm rocking with Nick. I, I trust Nick's Pac-12 after dark. That's that's all I got to lean on right now, and I'm riding with it. Any parting words before we go? Anything for the listeners? If you've made it this far, thank you guys. Anything? Don't forget, it's watching Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Next weekend, Monday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. I didn't yeah. Even know that. See, this is why I'm here. Yeah. What are they doing to us? This is like. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like doing daylight savings, but pushing the clocks a different direction. I know. All right, guys. I think we're good for for Sean, for Nick, for Josh. This was a pleasure. This is still my favorite pot of the year. We had some absolute belly laughs. I hope you listeners did as well. We'll see you next week. Peace.